It's Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis. Welcome to Sunday Social on the 26th of August 2018. I'm Vaughan Davis with you right through till 8 o'clock. And kicking off the show, my man, Mr. Paul Simon, Call Me Al. I love that song. I love the uh, I love the video. The video, for some reason, um, has uh, Chevy Chase, the actor, doing all the singing, and Paul Simon just sits there. It's kind of cool. I hope you had a wonderful Sunday. I've had a cracker. I've had a, um, I've had a kind of a technology focused Sunday. I took my little aeroplane for a flight this morning and I hardly touched the controls at all. I, I gave over to automation and it got me thinking, I've just bought a new autopilot, had an autopilot installed, a cheap one. Does that sound, does that, does that worry anybody? A cheap autopilot. It's like a secondhand parachute. I bought a cheap autopilot. It works really well and it got me thinking, well, am, am I one of these people who've been put out of a job by automation? It seems you can't open a news website these days. I almost said a newspaper, but I've got young people in the studio. I didn't want to puzzle them. Um, you can't open a news website without reading yet another story. And there was one yesterday from Cambridge University that said, you know, in 10 years, 30% of jobs will be gone replaced by automation. And, you know, the number changes, the story's the same. Five years, 20%, 20 years, 30%. The story's always the same. And I thought, well, what does that future look like? And I was sitting there in my, my aeroplane buzzing along and, and I quite liked it. I quite liked being replaced by the computer, looking out the window, looking at the window, looking, looking at the scenery, the weather, thinking about what, what I might have for lunch. So bring on the robots, I say. Hey, thanks for joining me. Show number 226. I'd love you to be part of it. Just text me 3920 keyword live. I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. This week I do not have, or we do not have, so because Saskia did the heavy lifting, we do not have a Huawei phone to give away. But that, you guys went nuts on that last week. I hope you're enjoying your phone. Is it, uh, what was his name, Jordan down in Mochueca? He was certainly in Mochueca down that way. I hope you're enjoying your Huawei phone. You can tweet me at Vaughan Davis. I would absolutely love that if you did that. Uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not above a little bit of vanity. You can even follow me. Push those numbers up. Hey, tonight on the show, you're going to learn all about astro tweeting. Hmm, what the heck is that? Um, I'm going to review the latest gadget from Amazon. Just arrived on my doorstep a couple of days ago. I'm very much in love with it. And a very cool thing you can do with Google that you might not know about. First, though... Get on fine, you star me weather on bars of wine if I pull my way, the chip may well, but if I'm late, he'll get ahead me how I'm going so hard work, no play, farmer is a happy cook, but Jesus hates him every day, because Jesus gave and what are your teenagers up to this university midterm break? Well, the last time I saw mine, he was in his room drinking Coke Zero and playing Fortnite. Not our next guests. They've spent every free hour lately being clever. 
and inventing something useful and doing very well in an international competition along the way. Imagine Cup is an annual competition sponsored by Microsoft, which brings together student developers worldwide to try and fix some of the world's toughest problems. Some people say it's the Olympics of technology, although the International Olympic Committee would probably have copyright issues with that, uh, for computer science. And it's considered to be one of the top competitions and awards related to technology. Well, the winners have been announced, and spoiler alert, it's not my guests, but uh, they made the semi-finals. Welcome to the studio, Team Sentinel, Zach Lockheed, Zach Preston, and Imagine Cup alumni, Nicole Lynn. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks so much for having us. Hey, Lynn, thanks for having us. Thanks very much. Hey, maybe one of the Zachs, perhaps, could kick off and tell us what is it you actually made that got you to the semi-finals? Hey, thanks so much. So what we've done is build a product that we call Sentinel. It's a device that helps to monitor your rainwater tank. Yeah, the tank outside your house. I have a rainwater tank. I've, oh. got, I've, got, I've got a little farm. I've got a little farm and it has a rainwater tank and there's nothing wrong, uh, there's nothing worse than that thing emptying out. Yeah, yeah, I know. We're from um, Coromandel out in Hahe. We had a drip-fed tank. I remember as a kid, I'd have to check how much water we had. 126 stairs exactly. Was that your job? No, oh, me as a kid. I remember I always wanted to take a warm shower, but I had to know how much water we had first. So so your parents made you take take the, the, the trip up there to have a look. They were really just trying to get rid of you. They, they, <laughs> they, I'm going to level with you, Zach. They knew how much water was in the tank. They wanted some alone time, and they sent you up the hill. Have you got a little brother or sister now that you didn't have then? Oh, uh, older sister. Older oh, okay, sister. that math doesn't work. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing that they, they used to make her go up the hill. So at Team Sentinel, you've made... A device to tell people how much water is in their tank. Other Zach, other Zach, Zach Lockheed, tell me, tell me how it works. Okay, so have you ever heard of Internet of Things? I IoT? have, I have heard of the Internet of Things, but uh, not everyone will have. So I've heard of the Internet. Uh, it's, people might be listening to us on the internet right now, in fact, yep. in the distant future on a podcast. This might be the year 2030. So the Internet of Things, what is that? Okay, so your phone, it can talk to other phones, correct? It can. Okay, imagine things that I, you I, I ring my mother on it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's me talking to another phone. But in the future, things that you wouldn't normally think can talk to each other are starting to talk to each other more. So what we did is we placed a device on a water tank that can talk to the internet to tell mm -hmm. you how much water you have left now. So what that does, it talks to the internet, and the user of the water tank can see that level from anywhere. So, in, so, so it'll, it'll have some sort of float, it'll have some sort of uh, gauge, right? So take me through the physics. I'm, I'm interested in the mechanics. I want to paint, paint me a picture here. I've got my, I've got my big, uh, I don't know, 10,000 litre um, concrete tank sure. sitting up there, and it's got a little uh, access port on the top, and it's got a pipe going in, pipe coming out. Where do you come in? Oh, we'll go back to our mechanical engineer, Zach. Okay. Oh, hey, so... What we've done is we've built a device which stands just on top of your tank and it doesn't, we don't have a float or anything because that can risk contamination of the water. Yeah. What we use is an ultrasonic sensor which pretty much sends a little signal down to the water, sees where the water level is, pings it back up and it, from magic it knows how much water you have. So it's, basi it's basically dust boot. It's bing, bing. Exactly. Wow, so you've got sonar going on or is it radar or is it ultrasound? Well, it's kind of uh, sonar is sound, right? So you've kind of you've kind of got effectively you've got water tank sonar. It's the so future. It is the future. Well, it's World War Two. It's not that futuristic. <laughs> you've, you've, you've got the sonar ping that goes straight down and, and it just measures the vertical distance and yep. converts that to a volume because you know how big your tank is. Exactly. And 
Does it just give an alert or does it does it tell the user exactly how much water's in there? So the real beauty of the system is because we're on the internet, we have communication to everyone. So that's your water supplier. They can know you need a refill before you forget the council, especially like Auckland Council who manage a lot of these properties, they know how many demand they're going to have in the summer. So it means that from that end, you know how much water you have and you know that you're going to Oh wow. Out. Okay, so it's not just me with my little lifestyle block. It's um, someone running, you know, a dozen regional parks with a dozen rainwater tanks to, to feed the toilet blocks. Exactly. It's visibility and clarity for everyone. So and so previously it used to be the, the council equivalent of, of Zach going up the stairs in the Coromandel. <laughs> Knock uh, on the side of the tank. Knock on the side. Yes, of, yes, knock, knock on the side of the tank. So, so, th so that 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 guy or, or girl who would have driven out in the Ute and and done that, you just got rid of their job. You're a bad, bad man. Zach. <laughs> You're a bad, bad man. Well, I've got. Well, it's a bit like I was saying. It's like flying the airplane, right? The actual flying the airplane bit is not the most rewarding bit. And I'm guessing if you're a park ranger, you didn't sign up to drive out and tap on the side of tanks. Exactly. So, I mean, so I mean, yeah, that's where our biggest, um, the biggest person who's had the most interest in the Spatchcare holiday homes. So they have some 100,000 guests go to their holiday home properties. They've got holiday managers who have to drive around to these properties, knock on the tanks, say, oh, this family of seven will probably have enough water. And that's what a lot of their job and responsibility has come down to. Now that we're trying to solve that, they have so much more opportunity to get to do other things with their jobs. Exactly. And, and the, this, this, is, this is an important problem for anyone with a water tank. But, you know, Imagine Cup is all about solving some of the world's toughest challenges, if I may quote. What made you choose this one? Of all the things you could solve, is it just because of your background, Zach? Or, you know, that 126 steps? Or is there another reason? Well, I mean, water is one of our most vital resources. No, that's going to be a $20 billion problem in 2020, no um, water, smart water management. What, is that, what does that mean? Where do you get that number from? So that number um, is from, oh gosh, I can cite you the source, but um, that's for smart, um, smart water management. I think the Economic Forum did that search. And pretty much right now it's happening, especially in a lot of drier places in California, Australia as well. All this water, they don't have the proper infrastructure to manage their water, and so these trucks are driving water around, and it's becoming a big issue. So this is the first. So step. and you're driving around sometimes unnecessarily because you know you might exactly. be going all that way to someone who's got plenty of water. So but back to the device, the Sentinel. We've got the sonar, bing, um, sensor thing, which tells you how far away the water level is. It's like dropping a pebble and seeing how long it takes to make a splash, right? Essentially, um, it then has some sort of snazzy little. Computer. I'm guessing it's one of those little credit si credit card sized Arduino thingies. Yep. Maybe. Yep. So we've talked about those on the show before. Like a twenty buck computer. What? How does it get from there to my phone or to my to my desktop computer? <clears throat> okay. So that's where the cloud comes in. So from the water tank. You need cloud if it's a rainwater tank. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. It's the only reason we use that. So from the rainwater tank, it uh, connects through cellular data. So that's a long-range communication protocol if you need to communicate kilometers. So from there, it goes to the cloud server. Then once it's there in that infrastructure, anyone on the internet can access it. So cl cloud, cloud server has been described right. as just someone else's computer. Um, a whole well, lot of someone else's computers. <laughs> I wouldn't describe it like that. It's a scalable data storage. Yeah, so you know one knows what that means. So, <laughs> so some, someone, else, someone else's computers, lots of them. Right, okay, you can think, if you want to think of it like that, you can think yeah. of it like that. 
just to simplify things. So, and and, and then yeah. and then at my end, I've I've got I've got an app on my phone or a, or just a, a website that I go to. Uh, we've got both actually. We've got our Sentinel mobile app and we've got our Sentinel website. So any device once it's on the cloud, they can access that data. Okay. So I want to I want to talk uh, after the break about the Imagine Cup competition itself. We're talking to Zach, Zach and Nicole from Team Sentinel all about, uh, well, a pretty clever new way to work out how much water is in your tank. Back soon. It's Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis on Radio Live. Hey, welcome back to Sunday Social. Talking tonight to the uh, New Zealand winners and global semi-finalists of the Microsoft Imagine Cup, Zach Lockheed and Zach Preston. Welcome back, guys. Uh, before the break, we were explaining exactly what they've made, which is rather clever. It's a device called Sentinel, Sentinel devi- uh, designed to let you know from anywhere in the world, really, uh, how much water is left in your water tank. So your rain tank or your rural um, stock feeding tank using sonar or ultrasound and the internet to, uh, to take that information to any internet connected device in the world which is rather clever and the reason they've come to our attention as i said is they've done very well in a thing called the microsoft imagine cup and with them is their team mentor nicole lynn welcome to the show hi thank you so much for having us Vaughan. so we've we've had uh imagine cup semi-final no probably not semi-finalists probably only quarter finalists in the past because you do you guys done very well uh on the show in the past so if some listeners might remember a little bit about Imagine Cup, but uh, imagine, mm, bad choice of words, uh, imagine that we've never heard of it, Nicole. Take us through it. What is it? So Imagine Cup is actually one of the biggest um, tech entrepreneurship competitions in the world, and it's the biggest one for students. And mm-hmm. the goal of the competition is to help um, use technology to solve some of the toughest problems in the world. So the thing we, we really, I guess we look at is kind of um, technology is an enabler for good. Um, and and we're you know with the the problems that Sentinel is actually looking at tough t- tackling, which is water shortage, mm-hmm. and how we manage water in a more smarter and sustainable manner. There's thousands of problems like that all around the world, and um, people's ideas that range from accessibility to um, helping people communicate better, to ensuring that people are having a sense of belonging, and so on and so forth. So, um, and. The, the competition has been running for 16 years. Okay. And it's helped over 2 million students from around the world to realize their dreams and goals um, in the form of tech entrepreneurship. So it is quite an amazing experience. And I personally have also been a participant twice before. So and now here you are back as a mentor, yes. a, bit, a bit, bit like, uh, bit like Top Gun. You know, you yeah. go, you go through the Top Gun school, come back as an instructor. I think that's the plot line for Top Gun Two currently in production. Ooh, no, no, no glimmer. Are, are you excited? I'm excited. Yeah. We, sounds, we, we, really we, cool. we could talk no about No swallow, please. Yeah, we, we could. No, I know nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> uh, we could we could talk about that all night. So t- tell me how you got involved with Team Sentinel. Zach, Zach was saying something about a wild card. And, and by oh, that, yes. I mean Zach Preston. How did that all work? So um, I was actually helping out with um, Imagine Cup this year as well with a team of um, Microsoft student partners. And we got his entry quite late in the game. Zach. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Were you, were you, were you, were you busy uh, up, up the stairs checking the water tank for your parents? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keeps you busy. Saves you time. It does, it does, it does. <laughs> and we were actually quite impressed because he had a very different approach from everyone else. We had people sending in pages of stuff. 
he sent in one pager and said, check on my website. Right. So we did. And, and, and what was on the web, website at that point, um, Zach Preston, I have to use soon, I'm not being formal, we've got two Zachs in the studio, this is a first, a radio live first. Um, at that stage, what existed? What did, what did you have made? So we had the first technical prototype. Yep. So that was all up and running on one of Batchcare's homes, and yep. we made just um, a small video, nice backing track, got some nice montages of the tank up and running, some people using it, you know, got like, the... Got in the, the shower. <laughs> oh, gosh, no, yeah. maybe not, okay. Oh, yeah, not, not, not quite that far, but, yeah, we had that. We just had um, sign up to our mailing list, you know, we're trying to make this a reality, and I guess it was just, we wanted to take a different approach to this. Okay, so you you saw you saw this 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 video this stuff. What what happened next, Nicole? And I think the team actually unanimously just decided let's get this kid in because we think there's something special there. So basically, we emailed him. We well, actually the funny thing was I was trying to reach him and I couldn't reach him because he didn't give us his um, contact number or anything. Ah, so, <laughs> so we were trying, and then we finally got in touch and we said, hey, you know what? Like we really love you to um, come and be at the semi-final in New Zealand mm-hmm. and Zach has a very interesting story to tell about how he go about that process. Oh gosh, um, well down in Canterbury we didn't have much information on what yeah, was Yeah, so, so you're from up here, you're studying in Canterbury. Yep, so I'm studying down, yep. engineering down at the University of Canterbury yep. and so it just so happened I was up in Auckland for the holiday break and I got a call, hey can you come in for a practice this afternoon? You're going to be pitching in the two days for the um, semi-finals. I get there and there's you know a bunch of real smart tech guys. They all know what they're doing. They've all got their demos, their prototypes up and running. And I'm like, oh, so how's your pitch looking? You need the eight-minute pitch. I'm like, what? They're okay. like, hey, you need your technical demo. You need your stack diagram. I'm like, stack diagram? <laughs> so I um, had a couple of long nights. Mm. I got that together, You know, reached out to a few people, got some help, and yeah, ended up taking it out, which was... Definitely an awesome yeah. experience. And so basically, Sentinel came first in New Zealand from that from that um, opportunity, and we went on to um, the Australasian final. So Zach's team at the time was actually him and another person. So still only one Zach yeah. at this point. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. still one, still only okay. one Zach. <coughs> Um, and they actually came first. So the funny story was. So so you yeah. you you win this thing yeah. by pitching, essentially. Yeah. 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 So yep. the, the the idea really is around um, we uh, the competition is all about execution as well. So not only do you have to have a great idea, you have to be able to sell that idea as well as build that idea. Okay, and, and building building is 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 this where you came in, Zach Lockheed? Exactly that, because after Zach won the Australasia final, he actually didn't. <laughs> Have any technology? He had, he had a really, really good pitch, but no technology to. So, so there was a, there was a big um, rectangle on your PowerPoint which said um, <laughs> internet stuff goes here. Uh, I, had, I, I had high school technology. It wasn't anywhere near the level of what yeah, Zach brought to the team. Anyway, at the World Finals, you really need to bring something different. Like the technology is crazy at the World Finals. You got to be up on par with all the other teams there. So, so then, off you went to the World Finals. Where yes. where where were they? Uh, Washington in the United States. Which Washington is too? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not Washington DC. Seattle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 the one where you're less likely likely to run into Donald Trump. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. The, the good one. The I good think one. He's not that welcome <laughs> in the other seat, out of Washington. Yeah. So, so talk, talk, talk me through it. So this is at uh, at Microsoft campus, is it? Sorry. Is it, this is at the Microsoft campus? Yeah. So yeah. The, cool. Yeah. So annual's the biggest technology competition in the world, but it's just the amount of media coverage and how huge it was. It's, 
I was still overwhelmed by it. It was just drones with cameras flying, flying around, just reporters interviewing you. You get to meet people like Chloe Kim, the gold medalist, Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft was there as well. Mm -hmm. Smartest students in the world from MIT, Harvard, Stanford, universities like that. It's just overwhelming the and, whole experience. And, and some Kiwis. So, yeah. so talk me through it. You got up on the big stage. So, yep. So, first of all, we started with our technical presentation. So, judges came around. They saw our tech. We had a live demo all set up. So, it was sort of like a, like a science fair. Yeah, it was they exactly come, like yeah. a science fair. And luckily, we were one of the 16... Um, one of the 16 teams out of the top 50 to make it through to the semi-finals from there. And we're also lucky enough to make it into the top six of the big data category. Mm -hmm. From there, we ended up having two separate pitches. And in our heat, we had um, the team who ended up winning the competition. So unfortunately, we didn't make it through, but they're a great team. They did some. They put out some great work as well. What did they make? A team called Smart Arm. They're from... Um, oh, Prosthetic Robot Arm. Prosthetic thing. Robot Arm. Yeah, they're lovely people. They yep. end up staying with us after the competition. Very, very, people. very, very popular idea in the United States where they keep sending kids to war and blowing their arms off. So there's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's a market. There's a market. So you, you, you made it to the semifinal, which is an incredible achievement. You know, millions of, of students worldwide have engaged in this. Um, you got to almost the tippy top of the whole thing. What did you win? Did they give you anything? Got some t-shirts out of it. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> got t-shirts, got some Microsoft stickers. Yeah. You got, got, you, Microsoft you, you, got, you, got a, you got a trip to Microsoft. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. good. That's pretty good. We we learned a lot. We got to meet a lot of pretty awesome people. Yeah. And, I mean, that in itself, getting the opportunity to represent NZ over there was definitely an awesome experience. I think what's really incredible is that not only we had Sentinel, we had two other teams from New Zealand at the World Final. For the very first time in history, we had three teams. Yep. And we beat the Australians in their home now, ground. Now, that's important. That is the New Zealand. That's important. Yes. Six Australian teams, three New Zealand, and all three of the New all. Zealand went through. That's awesome. I'm impressed. So what, what happens next? You've, you've got this idea. You've got a working prototype. You've got a Zach that actually knows how the internet works, <laughs> which, which, is, which is a That's plus. Handy, yeah. um, and meanwhile, you've got, you know, and honest to God, this is a problem. You know, if, if my, my tank runs dry, not only do my goats go thirsty, but, uh, you know, it, it's like two or three hours, it feels like, to get all the air out of the pipes and get water back into the house again. So what, what, how long until I can buy one? What's the path? So right now, just, you know, decompressing after the Imagine Cup, we're both trying to catch up with our degrees, which have taken a bit of a oh, sideline yeah. to that. But that's over tough. summer... Ex <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it really important to drop out to, to be a tech person? Isn't that, like, mandatory? Yeah, true. Bill it's it's, it's, it's on the list yeah. of things to do, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can't do it once you've graduated. Just saying, it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, straight after that, we're going to, I suppose, take a step back right now, and then once we get into summer, we'll start talking to Batch Key, we'll start talking to people who want this, and, you know, we'll see if we can make it happen. Hey, well... Absolute very best of luck. I look forward to seeing it uh, available for sale at RD1 or wherever wherever you choose to retail your Sentinel water tank monitor. Zach and Zach from uh, Team Sentinel, thank you so much. And thank you. Thank you also, Nicole, for coming along. Thank you well, Thanks so much for having us. Hey, after the break, Mr. Piyush Chandra, a.k.a. PC. He's only on the show because of his initials, basically. I'm, I'm on the show despite my initials. Uh, he'll be here with the apps, tech, and website goodness you just cannot do without. Back soon. Your portal to the world of tech and social media. It's Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis. On Radio Live. Hey, welcome back to Sunday Social. You can listen back to that whole entire interview with Team Sentinel very very soon. Very soon. It's on the website now. No, it's not quite on the website. It'll soon be. It'll soon be, says Saskia, at radiolive.co.nz. 
under shows and Sunday social. She can say all that with a nod through the glass, or it will be available on Apple iTunes as a podcast. A podcast. Piyush Chandra, do you listen to many podcasts? Not as many as I used to, Vaughan. What's changed? What's changed? I've run out of time again. Ah, that's the thing, isn't it? It, It's it's those moments in your day. That's right, and I refuse to have long commutes, so... That's the thing. I think podcasts are very well suited to people who take the train or take the bus or have a long car drive, and I'm I'm none of those people. No, and likewise. So, I mean, I used to consume my podcasts really early in the morning or late in the evening, and now with, you know, kids and school homework and all of that stuff and early morning runarounds, it's just... Maybe no maybe I just that. need to find a way to get them into my life, and, and and we sort of touch on a few of the the ways that this might happen uh, later in the show. But um, I'm about I'm about to get get a new car. Oh, are you? What are you? Yeah. Doing? Oh, it's just a, it's just a little cheapy. It's a little cheapy. Oh. It's a, but it's a late model new you know newish car. Yeah. Um, but the one of the reasons I'm getting it is because it's got. Um, Really good connectivity, really good tech. Yeah. So it's got Apple CarPlay, yeah. which is the you know the way you connect your. You basically get you know turns a screen in the, in the car into a big iPhone. Yes. Uh, and Android Auto, which does the same thing for my uh, Android phone. Big fan of Android Auto. Yeah. Big so fan. so I might become a I might become a podcast listener. Oh, actually, that is where I used to do it most often. I used to have a Spotify playlist, and it would just automatically turn up on the Android Auto. Yep. Okay. You might have to take me through that. You can coach. You can school me. You can coach me. Um, and, and the other place, and we're going to talk about this in a little while, is through the smart speakers in my home. And I have more smart speakers than you can um, shake a stick at. And I've just added another one. Yes. And that leads us to our first story. The one I've I've just uh, installed is from Amazon. But interesting story out of Amazon um, this week or this weekend. What caught my eye around conditions of work in their distribution centres. And we don't have an Amazon distribution centre in New Zealand. Uh, there's one in, is it Melbourne or Sydney? In Melbourne, Melbourne. yeah. Melbourne. Uh, there's several of them around the world. And there's, they've been copying a lot of flack about the conditions that their staff work under, which is fine. I mean, it's not fine, but that, that's, that's sort of the context for the story. Yeah, but, so, I mean, they do really strange things like tell them when they can and cannot go to the loo and so on and so forth, right? I do, that with, I do that with my sons. <laughs> you may not go to the toilet. You must discipline your bladder <laughs> and your bowel. Right. No, I, I don't. I don't. That would just be weird. Um, strike that. Don't, 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 don't transmit that. But this is a pre-recording, right? No, it's live. Um, no, but the, the, the weird thing is, and, and, and their working conditions, you know, they're, they're a matter of dispute. Who, know, who knows really what happens inside uh, Amazon Distribution Center? But the news that has come up is that more than a dozen Amazon workers, and they're, and they're openly being Amazon workers, are almost round the clock defending Amazon on Twitter, and that's what they're doing. So if someone says, oh, I hear that, you know, exactly as you have, right? Yeah. Uh, you're not allowed to go to the toilet unless it's toilet time. But mind you, PC, that was the rule at school, and we were okay with that. Within limits, though, I mean... I never, here, le- I never left to go to the toilet, did you? From school? Well, you could always ask for permission, right? I mean, oh, only if you had no control of your bladder <laughs> or bowel. Well, who do these guys ask? I mean, they seem to be controlled by controlled a by robots. computer engine yeah. robots, you know? So, But, but, the, but the point I'm is, curious. The, the moment someone uh, pops up on, on the internet and says, oh, I hear it's really bad at Amazon distribution centres, one of these dozen or so people come back and say, you know what? 
I work there, and yeah. it's really great, and I can go to the toilet all day long. Wee, 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 poo, poo, poo. <laughs> they, they, they don't exactly say that. But no, I know, but I mean, I think it's a fascinating response. They'd never say to... wees or poos because they're Americans. They'd yeah, say, that's right. Number ones, number twos. Well, they don't even say the word toilet over there, so. Bathroom. Yes, exactly. Where, where's the washroom? Where's the washroom? Yeah. Uh, where's, but, the, um, where's, what, the, where's the restroom? That's right. What I find really interesting is that, um, you know, a few years back, if you remember when we were working in, in social media type spaces, the, the whole issue was what's your crisis response plan going to look like? Um, and this is one of the most fascinating crisis response plans that, you know, I've come across in a while now. So, so they've basically got a dozen Amazon workers whose job is just to respond in a positive way whenever someone says something bad. Yeah. What's interesting is, is um, I think it's actually going to backfire on them because you see the escalation that's starting to take place with a number of women that are now blogging about the fact that, um, you know, they went on maternity leave with Amazon and when they returned, they were just quickly sidelined and so how does that work you're going to get tweeted at by one of these people for saying things like that uh, of course what, what what's going to happen of course is that uh you know amazon's going to say you know fair dues we'll replace you all with robots no one goes to the toilet at all well isn't that what alibaba did you pretty much yeah pretty much pretty much which, yeah. is, which is how and i i can't i just cannot believe so I, I, I bought a few things from AliExpress in the last few days. Yeah. You might know a bit about this, and I, I still haven't gotten to the bottom of it. So AliExpress is the direct-to-consumer uh, web portal of Alibaba. Alibaba is a big business-to-business -business website for sourcing products out of China. Yeah. AliExpress, anyone can go and buy one widget. Go to Alibaba, you, you've got to buy 10,000 widgets. Yeah, right? you've got to do an order. You've got to right? do an order, big number. Yeah. It blows my mind that yeah. I go there and I, I bought a, a phone cover. I wanted, I wanted one of those, you know, silicon phone covers. It was yeah. $3 US, maybe, yeah. $3 US. Um, and in a New Zealand store, I probably would have paid, paid 40 bucks because, you know, the markup on those things is ridiculous. That's right. In a Malaysian uh, stall in the mall, you'd have paid 20 New Zealand dollars. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but the thing that blew me away is that uh, from China, where this product came from, to my uh, to my letterbox in Auckland, the, the, the postage is free. I yeah. just don't get it. I don't get it. It's a little bit like um, Uber's business model, right? I mean, they, they raise, what, $6 billion? In scale. The just get scale. Yeah, the first $2 billion was just give people free rides. Yeah. Just, just, just $2 billion was give people free rides. Yeah, get, get customers, get scale. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so... And, yeah. and that was the Amazon Prime strategy as well, right? For the first two years, they... F free delivery for not very it. much. Yeah. Hey, keeping with, the, uh, keeping with the Amazon theme, on a... Actually, a, a much more positive note. And, and I, I promised at the beginning I was going to talk about a, a new gadget that I have gotten. Um, smart speakers. Smart speakers, uh, I've been saying for the last two years, PC, that smart speakers are the future. Yet, I've been doing a bunch of um, keynotes around New Zealand over the last three weeks, I guess. Probably done 10 or 12 talks around right. the place. And in every audience, I've, I've said, you know, I've, I've put up a picture of a, um, a Google Home, which is yes. a smart speaker about the size of a big beer can, and I've said, Who, who's got one of these? And pretty much 0%, rounding down slightly, of the audience has Is them. Is that right? Who recognises them? Maybe 5%. So they haven't quite taken off here, but they have in the States. So smart speakers, to give them their correct name, smart microphones, but... Uh, if, yeah, which you know, I agree with, by the way. Yeah. If, I mean, if, 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 if you really called them smart microphones and said, hey, let's have... Let's have microphones in most rooms of your house so that the internet can listen to you all the time, plus uh, you have to pay for it yourself. Yeah. This is like East Germany, except you pay for it yourself. 
So. No one would buy them, but I love I them. So. I love them. Yeah. They're, they're great. You 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 talk. You you just walk around the room talking, and the internet gives you answers, which I think is neat. Which is brilliant. Have, yeah. you, have, have you got one? What, what sort of you got? Yeah. So I think um, a couple of week, a uh, couple of shows ago, I I sort of expressed how I'd basically installed Google Homes all over the place mm-hmm. because it just made life so much easier, and there was a whole bunch of things that you could do with it that um, made it so much more practical and. That I actually think the future of, of how people will work with computers is I think not so too. pointing on pointing clicking on screens, but actually just issuing commands like they do in Star Trek, or or, or talking like you do to human beings, or your dog. That's right. Or your dog. So and so Google Home is the Google Home speaker. Yeah. Uh, sorry, is the, is the Google speaker? Is the Google speaker? That's right. Size of a beer can, or then there's a really small one. Yeah. Amazon makes a, a competing range called Amazon Echo. Yeah, I think so. I think the, the 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 big version of that's called Alexa, and then no, 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 no. no. Oh, I'm about to learn something new. Yeah, Alexa is the uh, intelligent agent that sits behind it, the oh. Amazon equivalent of Siri. Right. Okay. So you got right. yeah. You, there's all sorts of intelligent agents out there. So Amazon makes a range of smart speakers called Echo. Yeah. So they make the Echo. The, just the Echo, which is about the size of a beer can. The Echo yeah. Dot, which is about the size of a beer can after you've done that cool thing where you, <laughs> you stand on it and you push your fingers in and it crushes down. Yep. So it's Echo uh, Dot. And what they've released recently, and, and I've, I've just now bought, uh, from Noel Leeming, as it turns out, um, is the Amazon Echo Spot. Now, I really like this. It's about the size of a uh, baseball, okay, but it's yep. got one, it's got... Two sides shaved off. The bottom side so that it'll sit flat yeah. and the side that's angled towards you because it has a screen. And the screen looked amazing. It, it looked so good on your Twitter feed that I almost purchased it. Yeah, it's really good. Time. It's really yeah. good. So what, it, it taps into this thing that while um, talking to the internet is a really good way of uh, getting information in, sometimes a screen is a really good way to get information out. Yeah, and I think the thing, the main feature that got me was the fact that you could do video calls. Yeah, not New Zealand, my friend. Not yet. But yeah. You know, we'll, so, we'll so, so if you have, if you and your friends have got these, uh, it's, it's about the size of your fist. It sits on your, it sits on your desk or your bedside yeah. or whatever. Uh, it defaults to uh, showing a clock, which is which is handy, right? Which is useful because then you don't have to say Alexa, what's the time? You can just look at it. <laughs> okay, we used to have clocks, but uh, but it does all the stuff, all the stuff that the internet does. So I've been I've been playing with it a little bit. I've been saying, you know, what what's uh, how long will it take me to get to Radio Live? And it says, well, you know, it's uh, 2.2 kilometers. It'll take you, you know, 15 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Um, and is that how you ask that question, Vaughn? You just say, how long will it take me to... No, I, I, said, the, I said the address in that oh. case. I said the address in that case. Yeah. Um, uh, we've been, we had a bit of a joke off uh, at lunch. Uh, ben, my 16-year-old son, and I had a joke off because we had um, the Amazon Echo Spot in one corner of the room right. and the Google Home in the other corner of the room. We got, oh, no. <laughs> and, and, and we asked them both to tell us jokes. I've got to say uh, Google Home yep. knows better jokes. Yeah. Than Amazon Alexa. Google, uh, Google's uh, YouTube algorithm has been busy promoting dad jokes for the last two years, so I'd, I'd like to think they know more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, I think this is I think this is a neat option if if you're uh, if if you're looking for an entree to the world of smart speakers and and let's say you're in the market for a I don't know clock radio essentially because I can say yeah. things like um, you know Hey Alexa. Which wakes it up and yeah. tells me it tells it it's a command. Yeah. Uh, play me the news, and yeah. I'll have my default settings set so that it will retrieve the most recent Radio Live News Hub bulletin and, and just plays was, it to me. That was the other reason why I really liked the Echo when I read about it because I can't do that with the Google Home. 
but it's native to the Echo. So yeah, it's it's know. really cool. And yeah. and the great thing about these both both Google Home and the Amazon Echo is the stuff they do when they when you when you buy them is nothing compared to the stuff that they'll know how to do in a year because they're just actually yeah. they're actually just dumb boxes. That's right. They're just a speaker and a connection to the internet. All yeah. the smarts live in the internet. It's constantly upgraded. I absolutely love it. Two hundred dollars from Noel Leeming, and can I just say, Noel Leeming online. Boom. They've really done a good job, Absolutely they? did a great job. Yeah. It was so slick, so quick. Uh, they only tried nine times to sell me, you know, uh, product <laughs> prediction insurance, but I'm awake to that one. And, uh, you know, and, and even, even, even fuzziness was in there because it said, you know, everything over $200 must be signed for. And then I put in the comments, because it's like $209 delivered, yeah. I put in the comments, I, I just leave it on the step. And they yeah. just left it on the step. And it was yeah. there the next day. And it got, got there so quickly, I didn't even know, what is this box on my step? And you know what? Three years ago, that would not have been your experience. So I think those guys deserve a big ups on this because they've really lifted game there. Go, Noel Leeming. Whatever yeah. happened when the warehouse bought you, uh, it was worth it. Hey, after the break, the apps and websites you just cannot do without. It's, it's almost it's almost 8 o'clock. Back soon. Welcome back to Sunday Social. Welcome back, PC. How you doing? Thanks, Vaughan. Doing really well today. I want to talk. I, I love finding things um, that sit just one level down in Google that most people never know about and, 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 and often just pass you by. But for me, uh, sometimes the most interesting things on the internet. Now, you spend a lot of time on the internet. Uh, you didn't even know this one. No, I didn't, actually. I, you just showed it to me, and I, I'm blown away. It's cool. So it is called... Well, no, let me, let me tell you the, the use case, if you will. So here you are. You go, mm, what exactly does that word helicopter mean? Well, it's unlikely you don't know what the word helicopter means, but let's say you need to know what the word helicopter means. Yeah. So you type in helicopter definition, and up pops a result on Google, which is... You know, like it's like a dictionary. It's literally a dictionary entry. Helicopter, noun, you know, a type of aircraft, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So far, so boring. But that's not the interesting bit, is it? No, no. In fact, um, what you just showed me was that, you know, prior to the 1950s, no one knew what a helicopter was. And, and after that, oh, my Lord. It became very popular. <laughs> so this function is hidden there in Google, so, and it's called use over time. And what it is, is a really neat little graph that sits behind every single definition on Google. So when we type in a word, we go for its definition, up comes a window with its, you know, with its uh, usual dictionary uh, definition. But then there's a little arrow at the bottom of the box and it says translations, word origin, more definitions. Click on it, up comes this amazing graph. Yeah, tell me about it. And I mean, what other words would you have explored? For example, I've explored lots of words, but I, I, I will. I'll explain the graph first. So, so this graph shows from 1800 through to the present day how common the word is. And you see, for helicopter, no one's talking about it until 1950. Suddenly, zhuk, we looked at potato. Potato was quite popular in the 1820s. That's it, right. It kind of peaked in the 60s, and people don't talk about potatoes as much no, as well, they used not, to. They've fallen out of favour, have they not? Yeah. They, they, they have a little bit. Yeah, yeah bad starch. Bad, bad starch. Bad starch. But, but Just the, like butter, probably, at some point. Well, prob but butter's, butter's yeah. probably... Well, I'll, I'll look it up for you while we're talking. Right. Um, <laughs> So the, what fascinates me about it, oh, do you know when peak butter was? Okay, when, 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 when from 1800 oh, to 2018 were people talking most about butter? This could be the foundation of a great trivia game. Yep. 1920. Oh, you nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. Butter was much talked about in 1920. So the question, this begs the question that, um, of course, 
um, Google wasn't invented in 1920. So how do they know what people were talking about? Well, the Google use over time graph is derived from this amazing project Google has going on in the background where they're quietly scanning every book ever printed. And that's an incredibly useful service, having used it to get uh, out-of-print books in the past. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, but to, but to have it available on a, on a term-based search... That's just phenomenal. It is absolutely cool. So, so it's just this really freaky little line graph, and and I see that you know butter peaked in about 1920. It went down a bit for World War Two, <laughs> and then it pop, popped up again in 1950, which I think is just it's endlessly, endlessly fascinating. It is. It reminds me a lot of that Facebook Insights thing that happened early in Facebook's life when that they, they stopped were, doing, which they stopped doing. And um, the most, uh, what do you think the most commonly? Uh, uh, posted item on Facebook was after the word hungover. Ooh, AF. <laughs> lost my, followed by keys or other. Ah, look at that. Hungover, lost my keys. Yeah, so we are what we search. We are what we search. And in the case, but in the case of the Google use over time feature, which I just, I'm just endlessly fascinated with, we are what we publish in books and magazines and latterly websites. I think it's just an absolutely fascinating thing. And it's only just one level down. You can find it any word you like. So any word you like. Hey, um, you've got an app. Now, yes. this app you said was literally a lifesaver when I called you on that because you don't know what literally means. Uh, it's figuratively, figuratively said, a lifesaver. As I said to you, at that time, it Vaughan, felt like it. It felt quite literal because so the this, heart rate was rampant. So anyone yep. with a Gmail account yes. and anyone who wants their emails to, or that email account to remain private, listen up. Right. So it, it is important for email. But lots and lots of people, and I don't know if you do this, Vaughan, but I do it a lot, use Google to manage their sign-in to different websites. Yes. And when people find out what your email address is because it's publicly available information, they start trying to guess what your password might be. Now, some of us are quite over the top and choose password generators, and it generates lots of very long, strange-looking passwords, but most of us prefer the convenience of using some well-understood terms and a couple of numbers to keep it together. Yep. And, of course, password detection is becoming way more sophisticated and people's passwords are getting hacked. What can we do about it? Right. So the nice folk at Google have created a product called Google Authenticator. And effectively, you can attach Google Authenticator to your Google account. And at that point in time, in order for someone to access a service that you use Google to access through, you have to enter in an additional step, a six-digit code that only the app generates. So what this means is, if I'm on the internet anywhere in the world trying to log in as you, yeah. it will ask me for a code which is only appearing on your phone. That's correct. Okay, so there's, there's an industry term for that. It's called two-factor authentication. And I know uh, BNZ, and we, um, we're having them on the show in a week or so, uh, doing a lot of tech innovation things. They've, they've just shifted to this with their banking, exactly the same thing. Yeah. So previously, or currently, they've got a, a little card where yeah. it has like a challenge response thing on the card. They're yeah. shifting to the fact that when you log in, it will also ask you for the app. So how do I get Google Authenticator? What does it cost me and, and, and what do I need to use it? Hey, it's free, which Yay. is great. Um, you download it onto your device as Google Authenticator. You go through a simple wizard that just says, uh, when we do this from here on in, you'll need 
this app to be able to install it. You give it a bunch of backup information, a phone number, another email Just address. so you can retrieve it. Just so, so you can retrieve you things never, if you're... Irretrievably locked down. Yeah, so if your phone gets lost, someone breaks the screen and you're desperate to get to it, you can you know recover from many different places. Um, and that's it. And once it's in place, you can choose all the different websites that you've authenticated using Google with. Gotcha. And you can say, hey... Turn on two-factor authentication. So, so take me through. Let, let's say I don't know. Uh, banking site's a bad example because they use yeah. their own authentication. Um, take take me through the process of exactly how this might work in a day-to-day situation. Okay, so say you're a small business and you're buying your search advertising, right? I, I do. And maybe you spend between two hundred and five hundred dollars a month on mm, it, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Okay, I mean, yep, maybe, yep, people yep. people spend that kind of money, right? Um, what you would do in this instance is you'd enable it for your AdWords account, and then from that point forward, every time you log into AdWords, it'll prompt you for a six-digit code. A little notification appears on your phone. You type in that number into your web browser. Job done. So even if I knew your password yeah. and your email, I still couldn't log on as you. That's right, because two-factor authentication is about a thing you know, your password, and a thing only you can have, which is this which, which code. Is, phone. Is, it, is it a pain? Does it slow you down? You know what? The convenience of knowing uh, that nobody else can get to it um, outweighs any discomfort of having to do this. Very cool. Google Authenticator. I'm going to go home and try it. Right, right after I search pretty much every, uh, every word I've ever heard in, uh, <laughs> in, in, in Google use over time because I think that's really cool. It's Google night. It's Google night. Hey, PC, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thanks for having me, Vaughn. And thank you from uh, Team Sentinel, Zach, Zach and Nicole. After the break, Mr. Graham Hill with a weekend variety wireless. But that's it for me. I'm out of here. I'm Vaughn Davis, Nighty Night.